right, good morning, everybody. How you doing? Good. Good to see you. If you're online, well, we can't see you. You can see us online here this morning. If you're watching, I'm I'm Dan. I serve as the pastor here. What another great, beautiful fall weekend. Loving this, and uh, uh, some of our teams are doing really well in, in sports, and we're loving that. And so it's just been a great. Uh, well, it depends on what fan you are, but uh, if we're a Seattle Mariner fan, we're loving it. Uh, but uh, yeah, go Mariners. Go Jesus. Go Mariners. Uh, so. It's really good. Listen, uh, I want to take a moment. You know, at the beginning of the service, and it's okay if you're, you know, if you've been here a thousand times, you're like, we got a little video, welcome video, and people talk through it. I talk through it sometimes. So we miss some of the things. If you're brand new with us, we want to you know, first of all, we're glad you're here. And we hope that this is a place that you can just walk in, be yourself, because that's how, that's how God approaches us. Just be you, and then things will be figured out from there. God will do a work in you if you allow him to do that. So we hope that you find that invitation there. But if you want to connect with us, we do have that connection card. that's in your program. You can connect online uh, digitally to do that as well. That's a next step for you of just getting us to get to know you. If you have any needs, prayer requests, things like that. But also a way to get involved in community, which we'll talk about here in a moment, and to serve. If you're here and you've been coming, like, I'd like to get involved in doing some things. Uh, there's great opportunity. Our, our kids ministry, we're, you're going to hear and introduce a, a new director next week. We're excited uh, for Jen to be a part of what we're doing. And we need help that way. We're always needing help to serve our community to do that. And in fact, if you have any kind of like, if there's anybody here that has any rhythm, if you have the ability to like keep a beat, uh, talk to us because we could use some percussion help or some not just drums and other ways to do that. That's something today. I just wanted to mention that to you. Let us, let us know. You can let Chris know, our director led worship here today to do that. But we also appreciate you giving as you're giving and supporting the finances of the church. We are not only just are making it, but we're continuing to move forward in what God has because of your faithfulness. So, so we don't say that a lot. We should say it more. But thank you for your generosity and your sacrifice and giving. Now, with community, one of the things here on, on Sundays is that this is not the only day we meet. We actually meet almost every day of the week in some pockets in some fashion in the various groups that we're a part of. Uh, in this series that we're doing in Genesis, it's not just gathering here on Sunday, but we have these growth guides available that we're growing in God's Word every day individually. We're coming and gathering here and kind of hopefully getting something out of whatever's here. And then we're going back into our small groups. And so growth guides, gathering groups that we're doing this fall. So if you haven't got a growth guide, we encourage you to grab one of those, join in as we're doing this. Now we're, I think we're week three. Is that right? We're week three in our series that we're doing in Genesis, where it all begins. In the last couple of weeks, we've been, we went back to where it all began. If you're wondering why the world is the way it is and its beauty and its splendor and also in the brokenness and the pain and everything going through, go back the first two weeks and you can listen to that. We, we looked at God as not just someone who just threw it all and of course he did speak it into creation uh, speak creation into existence but we look at God as the artist we look at God as what he has painted what, you know he doesn't take much to look at the beautiful sunsets the painted skies we've seen lately that God is amazing in what he does and that he created and he's still creating and we look at in, in each time that God created we read in scripture how he, he stepped back and go wow that's good he admired his work, and then he stuck, stood back even further about us as his prize creation. He went, that's very good. I did good work. Well, along the lines, as we looked at last week, at some point it went from good to very good to not good. 
And it wasn't good. And, and the fall happened, and we felt the effects, and we talked about how that all broke the oneness we had between God and us and God and us and one another that led to violence. We, you know, Cain, the first brothers, sibling rivalry that led to murder and, and wandering and sin in the world and everything that's going on. And, and things just got bad, but then they went from bad to worse. And if you were reading in the, the growth guide this last week, yeah, it got bad. It got worse. And, 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 and along the lines, you, you start reading this that at some point, God declared a, a do-over. In fact, we're going to look here. It says that, that God had regrets of his creation. Now, I'm like, wait a second. How can God, the perfect creator in the universe, have regrets? Well, we're, we're going to get that here in a moment. But I've got this question for you. Do you ever wish you could have a do-over? You ever wish you could have a do-over? Can you look back in your, t your day, maybe, maybe in your life, but maybe this last week, like, man, if I could have done it all over again, and go back and there's a reset. And, and there's luxuries of life sometimes where you get a do-over. But most of our do-overs, when we're thinking about doing over and reset, they, they really have some, they really cost us a bit. There's actually an expense to the do-over. Now, kind of dating myself and kind of my age level a little bit so those probably maybe 40 and older would relate with this a little bit but there was a day where our form of entertainment we, we really required some coinage okay and if you're really rich you, you carried a roll of quarters and you went to a place it was called an arcade does anybody remember those and if you didn't have the the money to do that you scrounge for change to play these video games. Okay, so you looked in ashtrays of vehicles and you, you looked for spare change all over. And if you got desperate enough, you waited in the public fountain to look for some quarters. N not that no one has ever done that before. And then you went to your favorite arcade. And so there was a time where I passed by Pac-Man, I passed by Asteroids, I passed by Donkey Kong, and there it was. Hallelujah! It was... Dragon Slayer. That was the video game. It was the state of the art. And it not only required one quarter to play it, it required two quarters to play this thing. And I would last the first couple times about 30 seconds, okay? That's really expensive, okay? When you didn't have any money. And so the longer you play, now, of course, kids, we, we are old, we're old when we see that. Kids today, right? They just have to hit the reset button on their game and their VR or whatever, whatever they're doing. And we wish in life we had the reset button in everything, right? It would be really great. Wouldn't there be great if you had the reset, right? If you said something wrong at work, wouldn't that be great to hit that do-over button all over again, right? You look back last week like, I wish I had that button. I wish I could do that. That outburst turned your kids. I didn't mean it. You know, do it all over again. You know, that investment, you know, investment opportunity that you poured into your like, oh, if I only could go back and redo that. And I would say probably for a lot of us, promises that we've made, maybe marital vows that have been broken. I mean, on an all serious level, like, man, if I could just go back and do a do-over to reset well, if you felt that way as I did, where we want to reset the game clock, guess what? God wanted to do the same thing. God had regrets. Now, how, how could God, God, the, the creator of the universe, have regrets? We had regrets of cre creation, and he wanted to do it all over again. 
But, you know, here's the thing. Just like, you, you know, if you're my age, where hard-earned money, whether it's berry-picking, babysitting, lawn mowing, whatever it is, to earn the coinage to go play the game and then to be able to do a reset. Can I tell you this, that God is the same. There's a cost. As we're going to look at it, there's a cost of do-overs. There's a high price for do-overs. And, and so when you're, you're reading your growth guides this week, if you read through Genesis 5 through 9, you get to a very, very famous story. And it's the story of Noah and the ark. And, and it's interesting is that when you read this account, it doesn't read like you thought it would read. Like if you haven't read it for a while, you're like, wait a second, I'm reading this as an adult going, what happened? What? There's massive genocide. There was, there was animal sacrifice. There's drunkenness and nakedness and curses. Like this was not in the Precious Moments Bible okay, that I read to my kids or my, the children's version. Uh, what we're picturing was what was on the wall and, you know, like, you don't, like, the Noah's Ark displays of murals did not have blood spread all over it, okay, you know what I'm saying? There was rainbows, there was nice little smiling animals that are on there, right? It wasn't what you're thinking. You're reading like, what? What's going on? And I think when we get to the point here is what the biggest challenge I think that's problematic is it says here that God had regrets. How can an all-perfect God, sovereign Lord, actually go, you know what? I just want to do a, a do-over. So if you read through Genesis 5, you can kind of breeze through the geneal genealogies. It's okay. It's okay. You can read them fast. This person was born here, and then there. It's okay. Just read through them. But you, you come across, there's actually a parenthetical statement of one guy named Enoch. And I love this. It says in, in 524, it says, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. What a great little testimony. Like, that's all we know about Enoch. He was not. He was, you know, Enoch was here, and then he was gone. How did he die? He didn't die. You know, we're not sure on that. And then he lived 365 years. You think that's long. That's a long time to live. His son lived, Methuselah, 969 years on the earth. Like, how did they grow back then? Did they, how did they... Can you think, like, would his Social Security benefits run out at some point? Like, 500 years, like, you're done, bro. That's it. That's all you get, you know, from the government, right? <laughs> but, you know, you get in chapter 6, it's actually, well, it gets weird, okay? Can I just say there's times in Scripture you're like, what? Genesis, the beginning of, it says this, is, this is when man began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters are born to them, sons of God saw the daughters of man were attractive and they took as their wives any they chose. Hmm? What's, what, what, what is this, right? Some of us are like, oh, can we just get to the stuff that inspires me more? Because what is this about? So there's a lot of little theories with it. I know we don't have the time to talk about it. If we want to talk about more, let's have coffee together and we can, we can study scripture. I mean, you could do this in your small group if you choose. But what we understand is that, and, and this is, again, this is a theory of what happened, but basically that you know that, that a third of the angels in heaven rebelled with Satan, right? So some believe that maybe some of these fallen angels came to the earth and they saw that the, the, these women, these human women were attractive and they made them their wives. And, and basically we have this new, the Bible says this new tribe of people called the Neophim, uh that, that were 
in the land, and, and some even, if you read in Exodus where they're spying out the land and there's giants in the land, they think these were the giants. Some even attribute that maybe Goliath came from this clan of people. We don't know for sure. But it's there. And it, and it was a situation that was bad enough on top of that and everything that was going on that God, well, had enough. And he had regrets. God declared this. Enough and enough, as enough and enough. He says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. God regretted, and he had grief that he even created man in the first place. What does that mean? How can a God of creation, God Almighty, the perfect God, actually go, I think I messed up. <laughs> what? What's that about? Well, the, the word regret here in, in Hebrews is nechem, which means console oneself during a time of mourning. That's, that's really what that word means. I don't know if that's much helpful. You're saying, well, God, God had to console himself? Is, why, would he have to, why would he have to do that? Well, here's a kind of premise. Everything in the Bible, if you believe in the Bible, has purpose, right? There's a purpose of why it's there. And so when we study God, which is theology, if you know what the word theology means, study of God, we look at the, we look at the totality of God all through Scripture. And what we do is we try to, in theology, study the character of God. What is God like, Right? How, how do we, so we can relate with God, we can connect with God. That's the very basis of what, what we're trying to do when we look at Scripture. And so we need to understand when you study theology, there's different characteristics of God that we look at. And they're kind of separated in two ways. There's the, there's the incumical characteristics of God, and there's the cumical characteristics. I didn't make those words up, but that's kind of what they say in theology. And so incumical qualities of God are this. These are the qualities that are not human. This is not a person like someday I could be these things. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omnipresent everywhere at once. He's omniscient, which means all-knowing, which makes him sovereign. Sovereignty is outside of creation. That's God. And you were like, that's God. That describes God, right? In different aspects of who he is. But there's also the cumical attributes of God. And those are the ones that we can relate, and we'll put it this way, that God wants us to relate with Him. So these are characteristics that we possess, and God has characteristics about Himself that He describes. And so the writers of Scripture and God wanting us to know how He is, He had human characteristics, right? Like you read in the Bible that, that God got mad, He got angry, He had emotion. That God, in fact, there's three times in Scripture that God whistled. God whistled? Why would, why would the, why would, well, we could study that. Why did God have to whistle three times? There's a place that God, in Scripture, that God winked. It's like, oh, okay, what is that? What, what is that about? Acts 17, you can look at that. But here's what it is. God expressed joy. He expressed compassion. He expressed justice. He, and he expressed sorrow and pain and grief. We look at how Jesus, when he, he here, you know, heard his friend Lazarus was dead. What did he do? Nothing. 
He waited to the guy to die. And then he goes to the tomb. What does he do? He weeps. Je the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Jesus, really? Well, if you could have been here before, you wouldn't have had to cry about, you know, you could have healed the guy. What did Jesus say? He says there's a purpose. There's a, to, a, to glorify God, there's a greater work. And so we got to look at that God had purpose of why he's described as with regrets and has grief. It's a related, but it's a communicable expression that God is saying, hey, I relate with you. If you're going through grief, if you're going through what you're going through, maybe right now you're going through it, and, and we we were going through it. We, we ha we've lost some people in, in our congregation these last couple of weeks, people we love. And some of us, us guys are gathering tonight and remembering one of our friends, and, and we're, we're grieved, right? There's a season of grief. There's a time of grief. God says, I relate with you. I know what grief feels like, and I have grief for what I did here. Well, what did he do? He declared a do-over. There was enough pain and there was enough wickedness and and so it says this that the lord saw this said he no it's lost said he says i will blot out man whom i have created from the face of the of the land man and animals creepy things creep i'm sorry creepy that's creepy it's kind of creepy it's kind of halloween time creeping things and birds of the heavens for i'm sorry that i've made him he's sorry again human emotion that he's giving what is God doing he is basically going I'm gonna erase this I'm just gonna get rid of it I'm just gonna do it all over again really that was beautiful God what you're doing I'm gonna wipe it out why because he messed up and what is he communicating he's actually looking at your there's a there's a massive message I hope you get here and at the end that you've that you have some understanding as we wrap ourselves around this story is this that there's justice and judgment but also the story of mercy and grace but the lessons that are learned here have a high price because there's always a cost a high price in the do-overs that we have in life and so here's scripture if you're studying your scripture it, it's interesting god if you look at this god always part or most of the time partners with others in what he was doing like you know when he created god we say um, we're, let's create man in our image in our likeness that's a partnership of the godhead and is doing is doing that work and he also invites so many people throughout the bible to his work and one of those is is noah is noah verse six of chapter or verse eight of chapter six it says but noah it says this found favor in the eyes of the lord that's how it starts no, and all that happened, and all the, you know, he's grieving, and we're going to wipe it out, we're going to get rid of it. He goes, but there was one guy, Noah, he's one of my favorites. And the word favor here in, in, in Hebrew is, is the word grace. It's unmerited love, undeserved affection. Favor, how many love favor? How many would love a little favor today in your life? Come on, raise your hand. Let's just, we want favor. Lord, can you just trickle that down a little bit? Can it just kind of flake down a little bit? Can we gather a little bit of flavor? We could all use a little uh, favor. We need a little bit of favor in our life sometimes, Lord. We need help with this. So I want to I share with you a little bit how we can move in this, but really us partnering together for our lives. How can we, when God's doing a do-over, what, what can that look like for us? What, what we do? Well, first thing, if you're taking notes, is this. Is, it's really about this and joining in, in him is this. It's about being blameless, not perfect. When we're joining in God and what he's doing, it's, it's coming before him. There's actually this idea of being blameless, but we're not perfect. Noah says this. He was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. And just like Enoch, 
There it is. Noah walked with God. It's not that he worshiped God and he believed in God. Of course, he, he did that, but they actually proven in his actions that he was doing that. Just like God wanted to walk with Adam and Eve in, in the garden, the same thing. And he describes Noah as one of righteousness and blameless. The word righteous here means right standing and good reputation in the community. Blameless is this idea of wholeness and completeness and being one integrity. So a person has a good reputation in their community. People are like, well, that, we would seem that person. And they have this, nothing really sticks to them. Like, not, not they're avoiding anything. They're just, they're, they're, there's no controversy about them. They're, they're actually a whole person. Who they are on the public life is who they are in their, in their private life. And, and so these are great qualities about Noah. And what we find, though, is he wasn't perfect. When you read the end of Noah's life, you're going, whoa, that's how you end your, your life, Noah? Like, Wow. And it's, it, what we need to recognize is this, is that there is no perfection on, on, without the cross. We, we, are, we, are, we are considered God's righteousness because of Jesus. We stand perfect and whole and complete and righteous before him, but we know we're not in the sense on this earth. We're, there's a work in progress that's happening there. And so that means even though Jesus did it all, it does also mean that we just don't slack. Like, Jesus did it all. I don't have to do anything. Wrong answer. We are to be this light. We are to be this example of living lives, not perfection, of blameless and with good reputation. I love yesterday we, we gathered in a community. Dave Hiller here, he led our, our, our serving day. It was a great group of people. We had a wonderful morning of doing some beach cleanup, and some of the businesses were so appreciative. They came out and helped, and we were like, we said, you know what we're going to do? We want to see spiritual transformation in our community, don't we? It starts with some physical work. And we actually did some physical labor yesterday. We had a wonderful salmon barbecue lunch together. It was a great day, but it was something we did. It was a, it was a spiritual thing in, a, in an action we did. We not just say we love our community, but we're actually going to do something with it. That's what it means to be righteous and blameless. It's actually of good reputation. And, and by the way, we didn't have like CTK, you know, sweatshirts, look at us, how great we are. No, no, no. We had some opportunities and some conversations because it's not about us. Listen, can I encourage you with this? And this might sound kind of direct and well, it's meant to. If you claim to be a follower of Jesus, stop being a jerk at work. Okay? Actually do your job. And do it beyond your job, right? The Bible talks about take the extra mile. Do it. Show up on time. Don't be late coming back for lunch because that's actually stealing. Do some things, and you're like, well, am I trying to earn favor with God? No, you're favored already. You're favored by the Lord. You already received so much as a follower of Jesus. Act like that. Live that way. Not just at work, but at home. You can be, live righteous and blameless. Are you perfect? No. But when you mess up, you apologize. It blows people away when you mess up at work and go, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I should have, you know. I'm like, okay. You know, like, people don't do that. That's, a, that's different. But what were you doing? You're showing humility. You're not perfect. You're not trying to be this super Christian person. You're going to have moments you want to hit the reset. But you know what? You have this opportunity to do that. And so this reset is, it's far from perfection, but perfection. But was, as we sang this song, be willing vessels, Lord, that you can work through. And that's really what Noah put himself in to do that. But as we do, as we call for, be a part of God's do-over, know this next. It's, it's about being called, not qualified. 
It's being called, not qualified. God hit a limit, put on, the state of affairs are bad. He says this, he said, God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh from the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Now, we don't know Noah's reaction to this. All we, all we, all we know is, we, was he going, God, do you mean all? Are you, are you really saying all? You're going to get rid of all creation? You know, some people kind of go, was it a global flood or was it not a global flood? All I know is I read Hebrew, well, a little bit. When you look up the word all in Hebrew, what is the word? It's all. It means totality. Okay? And you're like, well, I'm not sure. If it's, well, let's have a coffee conversation whether it's a global flood or not. But I read what Scripture says literally. It says all means all. And God, it's kind of funny. God tells Noah to build a boat. Here's the thing. He's never seen rain before. What's a boat? Right? And then verse 14 is kind of funny. I, these little things in Scripture are funny. It says that God gave him dimensions of how it should be. Built. And you're like, how big was the boat? Like, well, they, they say it was like half of the Titanic, which is not a great example because the Titanic sunk. But it was half of the Titanic, half of kind of a small cruise ship. But they, it was funny. God, God says, use gopher wood. I think, oh, that's pretty redneck, right? Gopher wood, but I think that's kind of funny. But cypress is the, the dimension, you know, the word, the, the wood. And why did he give specifics? Because he goes, I got this work I want you to do. I want you to accomplish. And then he said from that, he says this, um, verse 17, for behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, and which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. Everything? But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wives, your sons' wives, with you. Noah's like, all is all, sparing no one, right? You're like, that, I don't read that in the precious moments, Bible. Are you thinking the babies, too? Are you talking babies, lambs, and baby goats, and baby humans, everything, right? Except preserving a remnant that he was going to do. And, but the, the significance of this, I am doing this, and there's, but there's this meta theme of covenant that I have. There's a promise that I'm doing, and there's a reason that I'm doing it. Not quite understanding, like, but all means all. There's a, to, there's a totality. There's a total work that God was doing here. And remember here, Noah in his resume does not have boat builder. It's farmer, okay? And now he's building this boat. Can, you, can I tell you there's this times that that God calls us into something that we're not qualified to do, are we? Like, I don't have the skill level to do that, God. And God says, I'm going to help you. I'm going to do that. Uh, just a few weeks ago, Dwayne, who, with this, who's our global missions coordinator, and I had lunch with Tom Hackett. Tom is, uh, is a ministry that we support called Dwellings. And so when you give on Sunday mornings or anytime you give during the week, it actually goes to this ministry that builds homes in Latin America. And also, it's kind of cool, Tom was saying, hey, I'm doing a new work in Colombia in South America, and it's, it's really out there a little bit. We're kind of more of the jungles a little bit of the Amazon. And, and so do you know any, and he goes, it's, it's not exactly safe for women at this point to go. Do you know any good men that be willing, you have a, do you have a, a, a community of men that be willing to go and build houses? I think, actually, I think I knew. I do know some, some men, and some of them might be in this room and be con considering doing this with him. But Tom 
was a software engineer. He was not a carpenter. He was not a, a contractor. And God used him in such a way. So I want to say that for you is, what is God speaking to you to build for him? What is it in your life? What is he wanting you to partner with him on and what he's constructing? Is it building a business? Is it building a ministry? Is it gathering a group of people? Is it, is it serving in the community as a team? Is it going in the jungles of Columbia? I don't never done that before. I don't. What is he speaking to you to build with him? And it doesn't have to be that grand. It just starts with one step. What might that be? A small step toward that. Like, I want to serve the God. I want to help. I'm not sure what it looks like. Can I tell you, you come up to me afterwards. I know, I know someone who's in need of moving and, and they don't have the abilities to they help physically to do that. I know there's a wonderful elderly couple down the street that needs help with their plumbing. They came to the church yesterday and said, we need help. So there's, there's need in our community. So this thing, there's anybody need help, there's lots of people need help. But is that you? What's God speaking to you to do that? See, you've probably heard this before. God's not looking for your abilities. He's looking for your availability. Are you available? Are you willing? And that's really, it comes down to Noah's going, put me in, coach. I, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And see, it, it, and God's do-overs know this. It's about obedience, not certainty. It's about obedience, not certainty. God told Noah to build a boat, and he started collecting animals of every kind. And it says this. He sim- this is what it simply told him to do. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. Now, when you look up Hebrew there, and you get to the word, and like, all, oh, does he mean all? All means all. Totality. It's all there. All means promptly and thoroughly. Now, you can relate with this because you were a kid and you had kids that that were home and you you had them do chores. And so I hope you get your kids to do chores. Uh, Can I just give you a little friendly parent advice? Do not give allowances out, okay? Allowances are for privileged brats, okay? And so you're like, whoa. Allowances allowances basically say you're privileged you're entitled to something you don't get you don't you didn't earn or do anything with it so is that direct enough you were just setting them up okay but chores are good and my wife was brilliant with when we did chores with the kids is we give them jobs to do they're paid by the job not by the hour okay don't ever pay your kid by the hour okay and so the other thing is, they would, and they get a whole, a whole lot of money. They, they seemed like they, they got demanding a little bit more money. There was like a union, the two of them formed and all this. I'm like, are you getting paid that? That's a lot. We, I, I think $3 should go to $5 to clean the bathrooms. And then when it's bathroom week, they switch off and they're like, oh, it's bathroom week. Hey, you going to clean the bathrooms? Uh, yeah, I'll get to it. And then we say, well, you know, um, like delayed obedience is Disobedience. I want you to know that. Like, you're like, oh, all right. And they, they clean, and they clean. And then my, my wife, she didn't white glove it to check inspector, but she was really good. She goes, she go, and I said, the kids are going back. Yeah, they said, did you check? I, I didn't check. Well, I'm going to check. She looks, and there's, like, powder on the floor. There's clean, you know, it's like, they, hey, this isn't clean. What do you mean it's not clean? Well, look, there's, like, common on the floor, and there's, like, this isn't clean. I know, but I cleaned it. Go back and clean it again. Do it right. You're not going to get paid if it's not done thoroughly. I don't know about you, where you're like, you're an adult, and you're doing life, and you're a thing, and you, God comes along and says, hey, I want you to do this. I'm like, God, I'll get, I'll get to it. You're playing your video games alive. I'll do it later. I'll get to it later. And I can tell you that delayed obedience is disobedience to, to us as big people, too. 
And then there's all means totality. It means all to do it thoroughly. Whatever the Bible says, Paul says this, whatever you do on the Lord, do it, do it with all your heart. Do it, do it right. Body, soul, spirit to give all to that. It's a challenge for us. Obedience is, to God is, 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 is this so, and it's, here's the thing. We don't always know exactly why. God's calling us to. Noah didn't have the totality of what was going on. He didn't understand completely. He, there was uncertainty, but he had clarity heard from the Lord. Remember, Noah never saw a boat before. And some would say, maybe if you add up the numbers and you play around with them, maybe a hundred years it took him to build the, the ark. That's a lot of neighbors over the fence going, hey, what are you building? What are you doing? I'm building a an ark. An ark? What's an ark? What do you mean? Well, what's going to happen is like on this boat, it's a boat and it's going to want all the water comes, it's going to float. And then I'm getting in it with my, my, my sons and their wives and then you are all are going to die. <laughs> Again, not in the Precious Moments Bible, that line there, but but it's, that's the truth. And they're like, I'm sure he was mocked. And who knows what happened there. But 100 years, this process that was going on, this time, how long. And, and I tell you, we live in a world of denial that the world's going to end. Right? Some of you thought it was going to end in 2020, but not quite. But there will be a day. Look at how Jesus describes the end of the world as, he says this, as it was in the days of Noah. There will be in the days of the Son of Man, there will be eating and drinking and marrying and giving to marriage until that day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. They're all partying, you know, and having a good time, this old rain, having some party, you know, rain dance and stuff until they got, they drowned. And so obedience is this, is trusting God's voice and this promise that you don't know. That's where faith comes in. Noah is accredited to him, faith. He's in the hall of faith in Hebrews. It says, by faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events as unseen, yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. And by this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteous comes by faith. Faith is the key to obedience. We will be more obedient when we step out in faith. But you don't experience faith until you're obedient. They go together. Is that the chicken and the egg? It kind of does work that way. They both go together. I have faith. Uh, James says, well, great. I, you have faith. I have faith. It means nothing. Faith is dead without the works that are there. It's the steps that we take that make truly faith. And if you're stepping out like, I'm in fear, I'm in, and, and you know, people, super spiritual people come along like, you shouldn't fear, brother, sister. You shouldn't have any fear. Fear... No, there's a sign when you step out in faith, you're going to do it in trepidation, but you're, you're overcoming the fear to do what God's called you to do. Let me ask, is there something that God's inviting you to do that you don't know the outcome? That's faith. Is there, is there a prompting through his spirit that's speaking to you and showing you some things? You're going, I don't know, but all of a sudden you're, you're driving down the road, and there it is again. You, you're reminded of it. You read another Bible verse about it. You, you talk to a friend, and they're like, what you just mention? I just, and all of a sudden, all these pieces of this puzzle are forming up that God's speaking you to step out in faith. And then you have a little bit of doubts, and then someone in your small group says something. Oh, gosh, now there's that. And like all these pieces are coming together. And then if you're like, I'm not really sure. Talk, what I encourage you, like if you don't not, you're not sure, talk with a friend that's more spiritual than you. They're, they have a, they, there's someone that you look up to and say, this is what God's speaking to me. But whatever it is, get some clarity, but 
here's the guarantee with God you don't have certainty is that assuring to you you don't have this certainty what it is because that's actually the definition of faith we're called to step out and that's where not only obedience it's dependence on him we trust because in the process guess what it doesn't happen overnight whatever God's speaking it many times it doesn't happen overnight there's going to be rainy days there's going to be rain. You're like, how could it, how could, a few people, maybe you're new to our community this last year, does it rain here? Oh yeah, it, it does, by the way. It will get green here very, very soon with the rains coming. But know this, and the rain days, and, and God's do over, it's, it's about patience, not success. It's about patience, not success. Noah gathered his family on the ark. It says, on that day, all the fountains of the earth, or of the great deep, Verse 4, and the windows of heaven were open, and rain fell upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. So picture them, I mean, the biggest zoo ever assembled, right, in, in this ark. And, and all this is going on in 40 days and 40 nights in a, living in a zoo, okay? Can you imagine, the, you know, just the aroma of that, right? And, and you know, and, you're, and I, I want you to think about that. Have you ever in your life, think about this, have you ever spent... 40 days in a place that you, you couldn't leave, that people told you you had to stay home, and you had to, and you couldn't go, you know, and, and, you know, and you had to stay, and, you know, and you're like, yeah, 2000, yeah, quarantine, Dan, you remember that? So we kind of like, we can relate a little bit with that. But what, what was happening in the, in the 40 days? There was a process. There's a work that was doing. The, the 40 days was a testing time. Read through scripture, 40 days has such significance in so many different ways. You look at Jesus, he, 40 days, he was tempted in the desert by the devil. And so we need to recognize there is a, there is a, there's a process. I, I've heard this before, you know, what we consider the process, God actually considers the results. Because it's not about the outcomes, it's about ultimately it's about our character does god want people to reach does god want to see things done and on earth and yes he wants to see change but the change starts with us it's the it's what the work he's doing in us as he does it through us and so our character in some ways becomes even more important in the accomplishments you've heard this you know jesus said you can win the whole world and yet lose your own soul so here noah waited and he waited, and, and, and what was involved in the waiting process in those 40 days, as they're saved, there was a drowning that took place. There was a thorough, all means all, all means thorough, all means complete. There was a drowning of humanity. Listen, there's always a price, always a price for do-overs. This is what it says. It says, everything on the dry land whose nostrils were the breath of life died. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals and creepy things, sorry, creeping things, and birds on the heavens, and they're blotted out from the earth. Only, only Noah was left and those who were with him in the ark. Everybody wiped out? God, really? I don't understand. You don't understand. I don't understand. But that was, that's the incommunicable characteristics of God, of his sovereignty that was there. And I tell you, death happens. Death takes place. There's a drowning of life, and, and, and there's physical death, but you've experienced drowning of life, of death, of, 
a, a career or a relationship or there's work that's happening that God is doing. What, that, that there's a change of seasons. There's loss. And so we can get stuck asking why, God, you're doing that. But we have to turn it on this thing. God, what are you doing? How are you working in this redemptive process that you ultimately have a reason for it? All things work together for my good. Right? It's a good song. I believe in it. But until then, Lord, help me, right? Help me in this process because the rainy seasons will come and they will end. And yet, even for Noah, there was a waiting. Listen, chapter 8, verse 1, it says this. But God, here he is waiting. He's waiting, well, he's waiting for land. He needs to dock the boat. And it says this, but God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock, and they were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. This is a significant word is remembered. It's such a huge word. You, you like to be remembered. I don't care who you are. You, you like it, and even though you don't, you know, want to, you know, let everybody, you know, and there's some people, they wear their birthday button, and, you know, like, oh, it's my birthday today. You know, most people, like, when someone remembers your birthday, and Andy Chef, where you are, happy birthday, Andy. It's your birthday. Facebook told me it's your birthday today. Um, we want, our, we want our birthday remembered. We want our anniversary remembered. We like maybe our favorite coffee drink that, that is remembered. Our name, why is that? Because we find significance that we're known and we're, we, people see, I see you where you are. And when God says, I remember, that's what he's saying to us. I see where you're at. It's interesting, in, fast forward in Exodus, when they're 400 years in slavery, the beginning of this change that was taking place for the people was this of the hebrew people was that god heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant that god remembers even though it's a loss and it's a drowning everything there's a change that's happening because god remembers for finally know this when god is doing this do-over it is about new beginnings no regrets it is about new new beginnings no regrets as much as it was devastating for this flood it created a fresh new slate of a do-over that happened. Noah discovered when it was time, when he knew it was time to come out, is when he saw, he sent the birds out, and came, one came back with an olive branch, which symbolizes peace. It's almost God saying, I've got my covenant with you. I'm making peace now, Noah. It's time. And he and the, and the family got out of the boat. You know what the first thing he did? It's so awesome. They didn't go and like, we're going to go build a house. Hey, let's take some of the gopher wood from the, from the ark and build our houses and live life. No, the first thing that God did, he sacrificed. Now, it's interesting. I don't know how this worked and everything. This is another conversation, but he took the best of the animals. Like, but I thought there was only two. That doesn't, male, female. So, but he did a sacrifice. I'm not sure how he did this. But the Bible says he, he worshiped the Lord first. Can I tell you, the greatest thing that we can do in our lives is to worship God first. We worship God in the first of our week as we come here, in the first of our day. We give our first fruits and giving and our offerings to the Lord, our first talents and abilities. That's offering to the Lord. And the reason we do that is not because, it's not because we're earning favor with God. We are already favored. God loves us that way. And I love this promise for Noah. 
It says this. He says, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature and all flesh, and the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And remember, all means all. All devastation, but all restoration that took place. And he goes, in the reminder, when we look at the rainbow this week, we might, someday there'll be rain. I, I heard there's a thing called rain. will happen. We're going to see that rainbow. We'll be reminded what that rainbow represents. It's God's promise and God's covenant for us. See, God promised that he would not drown the earth any longer, but it doesn't mean there wasn't a price for the do-over. As Noah gave the first person was the first person on earth to do a sacrifice god says i am going to make the last sacrifice on the earth that's needed for all of mankind romans tells us this again remember high price for do-overs it says this he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also with him graciously give us all things. By the way, verse 32 follows, and God works together for good for those who love and are called according to his purpose. That was accomplished by what next is he would not spare his own son. God had to do that? No, he chose to do that. He chose to do that for us to receive. There's a high price for the do-over. And this massive lesson is this massive lesson of grace. I love what Hebrews tells us this. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Complete, total work that was done. Don't miss the lesson here. Jesus is our ark. I'm going to invite our team to come. And as we pray, I'm just asking this question for you. Are you ready for a do-over today? Are you here today and you're going, I need a do-over? Okay? Now, that question could be a little complicated. What does a do-over mean? Like do-over in relationships, do-over. I don't know what that do-over means. But I do know this. The biggest do-over you need is your relationship with Jesus. If you're saying, man, I, last week, last year, I've blown it, I've drifted, I've I, I, I wandered, I, I'm in the desert, and God's saying, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wipe it all out. I, I'm going to wipe out your sin with the do-over, and I did it. The, the, the work is my son Jesus in the blood of Christ that covers and washes all over and take away your sin, that you can be made new to me. There's new beginnings for you right now. Is that you today? Well, that might be you here, or maybe you're watching online, but I need a do-over. I need a do-over in Jesus. And maybe the do-over you never did before. It's a, it's a new thing. It's a new work. You've never given your life to Jesus. But you realize, and I've been doing my life, and we're doing, I need a fresh start. I need Christ. And so I want to pray for you today. But I also want you to think about for your life. Is there, is there a do-over in a relationship? Is there something that you need a fresh start? And, you, and I tell you, there's a, there's a price. It might be you going with forgiving. You might, there's a price of paying that you might have to humble yourself.
before another person that we can make right relationship. I tell you, any relationships that have enough humility, I really believe can work out with God's, God's help to do that. So that might be you today. Ask yourself this question, do I need a do-over as we pray? Let's, let's pray together. Lord, I pray for those here this morning, either watching online, that they would say for you, they, 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 they hear and, and, and yet they've drifted. They, they've lived their life and they tried to do their own things and they, they, they have, wow, they realize their life is a mess. And you provided not for them to drown in their sins. That's, that's done. You said you promise you never do that again. But you provided your son to pay the price, to drown for our sins. And you did that for the person in this room today. And they are asking for a do-over right now. Jesus, I need you. I want to get back in relationship with you. Maybe for the first time, you say, I need a relationship, Jesus. I receive his forgiveness. Him providing this new start of my life to be, become the Lord of my life. If that's you today, I just want you to lift your hand up. I want to pray for you today. If you're feeling that here in the room this morning. That's great. I see your hand. Anybody else? Thank you for raising it up today. Anyone else? I just want to pray for you today. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. If you're online, I also want to pray. And then I'm gonna, we're going to pray for those and for all of us here. Lord, I, I thank you for the hand today. I thank you that a person's saying, you know what? I'm starting all over. I'm starting all over. I'm not going to live in guilt. I'm not going to live in shame any longer. I am saying, Jesus, I need a do-over with you. God, I, I want to be fresh and clean in a relationship with you. Drown my sin through your son, Jesus, through the blood he sacrificed for me, that I can be clean, I can be holy, I can be blameless and righteous in your sight because of what you've done for me. Thank you for the person that raised their hand to pray that. Maybe others here as well. And, and Lord, I just want to pray for those that would say, I need a do-over in my life, in a relationship, in a situation. I, I just need to start over. Lord, yesterday I blew it. And I just ask, Lord, do you forgive me of that, that sin I committed? I want a fresh relationship with you. Lord, I want a fresh relationship with my spouse, with my kids, my coworkers, my friends, whatever it might be. Lord, help me to do that work this week, but I start with you, Lord. I would do a do-over in me. And thank you for the price, Jesus, you paid so that I can start again and start afresh. Living in the reality of the, that you're the sin in my life, it, it needed to bring judgment, but Jesus, you provided it for me so that I can be forgiven and I can be free. I can live in this new freedom that you've given me and this cleansing, Lord, as a fresh start today. May we live lighter and live the light as we go this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I invite you to stand as we close in this final song. And we're just making this declaration to the Lord of what he's done and what he's accomplished. You're not the hero of your story. Jesus is. And so let's celebrate that. If you need any kind of prayer and any conversations, we're here. Our team would love to do that with you. Have an awesome week in Jesus. God bless you.